Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello, hello. And really fantastic guest today, who I've been very excited. I've wanted on this podcast for a long time, actually, is um, David Wu of Riff Shop. How are you? Hey, I'm doing awesome. How about you? You know, surviving. So um, for those who don't know, Dave, uh, what is Riff Shop? Uh, so Riff Shop is, is a lot of things. Um, we're a YouTube channel that um, we're, we're known for a couple of different videos, but we're most primarily known for our, um, our series where we take anime memes and we make metal sounds around them. But we're also known for creating a suite of music online courses. Um, one of our most popular ones being we teach people how to scream in the safest and quickest way possible because we're you know, we were pretty disenchanted with uh, a lot of YouTube tutorials and uh, education surrounding uh, harsh vocals. That's such like an incredibly wonderful niche thing. How did that develop? Um, so it's kind of funny. I feel like um, there is, uh, it, it all happens because, um, it, it all initially happened because uh, I got laid off from my corporate job. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people with creative, the creative itch can probably relate with the struggle of being like, you know, do I take a leap? Do I do something creative or do I do the safe path? And so when I got laid off on my job, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but all that I knew was that, you know, I, I couldn't do the, the corporate route because, you know, that didn't work out for me. That, that quote unquote safe route didn't work out for me. So um, what ended up happening was that I started uh, pursuing uh, my passion full time, which is music. And that started in the form of the YouTube channel. And so, uh, we first started out by making, you know, advice videos, uh, you know, prank videos, um, social experiments, you know, interviews, but then things didn't really take off until we, um, started doing music videos. So that was our first pivot. And so when we were doing music videos, uh, you know, we were doing a series of different, you know, music video ideas. Um, one of some of our popular ones is that we did, uh, you know, an HTML tutorial taught using death metal. We did, you know, uh, how to drive stick shift taught using death metal. Um, but you know, that weren't, that wasn't getting us the consistent fan base that we're going off of. So then, uh, we pivoted towards something that I was passionate about, um, more than just a one-off video and that was anime. So then, you know, we pivoted and then we started making music videos about anime, uh, and metal. So that, that, that's kind of what happened. And then, so, uh, we did that for about a year and then, you know, that was great. That was able to kind of like pay our bills. And then, but one thing that we found was that we felt that like there was a lack of impact that we were having, like we were entertaining a lot of people, but you know, we weren't having the impact that, you know, I felt like, you know, that I, that I desired to make. So then it, then it came the idea of like, okay, well, why don't we make online courses to empower musicians to teach them, you know, the skills that we have. So um, that's when we pivoted and we started going down the route of online education. 
And then so we, uh, we first released an online course called Vocal Academy, which, is, um, which teaches people how to do clean singing. Um, and it's taught by my business partner and vocalist, Sean, who's like the best clean vocalist I've ever worked with. And then, uh, so we surveyed our audience from there and then we found out that there was a demand for people to learn how to do screaming. And then, so, um, I, so then what, at that point, like, you know, I didn't know how to scream. So then I taught myself how to scream in order to, um, in, in order to, um, Sorry. Uh, so I taught myself how to scream in order to kind of like uh, put together this course. And then sure. so what happened was that uh, it, uh, you know, it that, you know, ended up doing pretty well. So then we pivoted towards that. So um, to answer in an extremely roundabout way of answering your question, um, the way we got here is just by um, not exactly knowing where we wanted to go, but just pivoting um, left and right whenever it made sense. And then it kind of ended up at a, at a place where, you know, it just, we're, we're happy. So that's kind of uh, the long answer to your question. That's, uh, that's really cool. Um, you know, and it's cool to see, like you have on your Facebook bio, like you have over 900 students. Uh, that's like a pretty crazy place to get. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, one at a time. Has that been your approach then, kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat? Uh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, like, like, like when you're, you know, like for me, like running a consulting business, right? Like, I, I, like you just said, it's one person at a time, and then suddenly you're at 50 people or whatever. Yeah. Thing, you know, so is, is that still the idea? Just sort of like this, like, engage one new person at a time to grow? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. I see what your question is. Um, so I think, uh, you know, ideally we, we try and scale things out through, um, you know, through our online marketing efforts. And that's kind of like, you know, the beauty of, of YouTube and, and Facebook ads is that, you know, we could target, uh, yeah. you know, uh, a, a pretty wide, but specific net. And then we could, you know, scale that up in a way that, um, isn't as incremental as, as I guess my initial answer made it seem. So yeah, you sure. know, we, we tried to go for scale. So Okay, no, no, I'm just curious because I feel like both approaches are, are, are valid, you know, in their own way. Uh, Curtis, no, I know so you had a question. I, I do. I, 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 there's, there's a lot to unpack here, but um, I guess one of the key questions, I, well, key subjects I want to get onto without going off, off too much off of what you guys were discussing is um, I think we should discuss your guys' funnel because it looks like when I go to the, when I go to your website, it looks like you basically have it where they opt in for like a free course. And then I'm assuming it's going to be like further down the road, you, you somehow get them into the courses or how does it work exactly? If you're yeah. Yeah. So the way it works and you know, our philosophy is that we like to, um, we like to give before we ask. And um, you know, there's a, there's an entrepreneur that's, you know, by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk where his philosophy, he, he aptly puts it, you know, jab, jab, right hook, meaning like, you know, you give value instead of just, you know, simply asking. And I think that that's a much more kind of like wholesome way to do things because a lot of people, um, when they try to sell things, whether it be, you know, a CD, whether it be, you know, an online course, whether it be really anything, their approach is to be like, all right, buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. But really, um, the way we do it is that we offer a free, um, a free crash course on how to scream. And in a lot of cases, that free crash course is enough to help people unlock their scream. Um, and it gives them value. And it, um, we explain screaming uh, using anatomy and we provide value 
that, um, that they're not used to hearing. And essentially, we, we, we help them at a high level solve their problem. Now, um, with that being said, that, isn't, that won't fix everybody's problems. Um, yeah. And so for people who want to go deeper, um, who got a lot of value, that's when we pitch the product. And that's, you know, not only does that, you know, help sales, but, you know, it also just feels, it, it just feels better to give value um, cool. as opposed to just asking. So that, that's kind of always been our ethos. So now what, what level of person are you helping with the, with the screaming and the clean singing course? Like, is it total newbies, someone who already kind of knows what they're doing or what's the actual level? Yeah, so um, we have uh, two very, uh, you know, our demographic is essentially beginners, people who okay. uh, either they've never tried to scream before, or there's people that have, you know, tried before multiple times and have given up multiple, multiple times, as was me. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, well-intentioned YouTube tutorials out there that don't quite, um, you know, get the job done. And so pretty much I made the course that I wish that I had back when I was uh, starting out screaming. So like someone who's more advanced probably wouldn't be your ideal customer then? Correct. Okay, so now once they go through the little mini course, what happens at the end of it? You kind of do a, you guys do like a link to buy the course or it's coaching? Like how does it work if you're willing to say? Uh, yeah, well, uh, so it, it's both <clears throat> those things. So essentially, um, you know, after we provide the value through the form of a free crash course, um, mm -hmm. then what happens is that we give an opportunity for those who want to go deeper to purchase our full A to Z screaming, our screaming program. Um, and that screaming program has both components of personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as a video course, mm -hmm. um, as well as like, you know, a community um, mm -hmm. for students only. So it's really kind of a multifaceted approach because the thing is different people have different learning styles. Um, some yeah. people, they're, you know, they learn more by just, you know, uh, by just, you know, watching videos and, and taking mm -hmm. notes. Some people, they, they learn more by, you know, having one-on-ones. Um, some people, they learn better by seeing other people go through it. So it's really, we approach this in multiple different ways for multiple different learning styles. So it's like there's different types of courses for different people you're saying, or? Uh, it's one course. That. It's one course okay. with multiple approaches. Okay. I see. So it's kind of like you tailor it once you figure out where the guy is at type of a thing. Correct. Okay, cool. So now the next, next thing I wanted to get into was <clears throat> just about how do you guys get people to opt in for the course? Because I mean, obviously I don't know how you're getting people to your pages to actually get them to sign up. So what are some of the ways you guys are doing that? Sure. So a combination of different things. So the, the several different ways are through organic YouTube. So, you know, through our YouTube channel, you know, let's say we put out a music video with that, that features uh, one of our students screaming on it. And at the very end, then there's a call to action that just tells people like, Hey, look, you know, if you enjoyed, you know, listening to this music and if you want to scream, just like our students did, in this music video, then we're hosting a free crash course. So people can opt in through YouTube. Um, we also run Facebook, paid Facebook advertising. Um, and we're also getting into the realm of doing what are called joint venture launches, where we partner nice. up with other organizations and we help kind of, um, you know, we market our products or our, our free crash course through um, another person's, you know, following in exchange for, you know, some type of like, you know, monetary like trade off. So um, it, it was funny. Um, uh, just yesterday, uh, the YouTuber Nick Nocturnal released a video um, that featured 
our screaming crash course. So that's an example of, of uh, one of our joint venture uh, relationships. Do you guys have a ton, lot of joint venture relationships or is it just like a small few that few people right now? Uh, we, we, ha we have a couple. It's still, we're still relatively new to the joint venture game, but, uh, but you know, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> cool. Uh, before Matt asks the next question, my, my, my next one on this subject was just like, okay, so like, let's say someone contacts you guys, they want to just like do the full meal deal, the whole course. Is there a way of just bypassing the free one or do you have to go through the, that before actually signing up uh yeah i mean if somebody wants to like you know get the whole deal and just skip the free crash course yeah just send us an email and we'll we'll like you know hook them up with the uh, the opportunity cool so i can sort of by some of the by some of the the the, the keywords you're dropping i can sort of um piece together a few of the a few of the influences um, on your marketing strategy. Um, yep. But what did you view, like which, which marketing writers, you know, which, which writers were really the key ones for how you grew your understanding of marketing and how you grew kind of your approach? Sure. Um, well, I, I definitely like to take little bits and pieces here and there. Um, it's kind of ironic. I, I quoted Gary Vee, but I'm actually not that big of a fan of Gary Vee. Um, so I, I think uh, there's a, a couple different books, but there's, um, there is a, I, I really enjoy the work, anything written by Ramit Sethi, um, anything yeah. from, uh, you know, Jump Cut, um, you know, Kong Pham, Jesse Ja. Um, there's uh, Gary Schwartz, no, sorry, Eugene Schwartz, who wrote Breakthrough Advertising. It's a great copywriting book. Um, there are, uh, let's see. Um, Jeff Walker, he's a big influence. Um, Dan Henry, um, yeah. So there's those are some to name a few. Okay, cool. No, the, some of those were ones I expected. Some are were new names to me. I'm always just curious. I love the sort of like. I always feel like with you know in sort of the like marketing nerd circle, it's almost like you're like talking about your favorite athletes. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> do, you, do you guys totally. know what I'm talking about? Like, is that completely yeah. weird to say? No, I totally get it. <laughs> you know, it is just, weird, but I get it too. <laughs> yeah. It's it's part of the fun. Um, so, well, I wanted to jump in, just jump back into one more thing, just on the marketing thing. So how did you actually learn it then just through reading books? I take it. Cause I mean, like you're a musician, so it's a little bit of a sure, different sure. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a combination of things. Um, I think that Definitely listening to a lot of audiobooks on the principles of it definitely helped shape my holistic understanding, but also being unafraid to just straight up copy a lot of, uh, a lot of my favorite marketers um, copy 100%. in the very beginning, just to kind of like see it put into practice because there's something in doing, in doing that, it really drives it home. And then after that, it's kind of learning like, it's kind of like learning how to cover a song before writing your own song. So it's kind of the same thing. So we'll just back uh, up for one second. When you yeah. mean copy, do you mean doing the long form hand copy or are you talking about just like doing word for word for the text or what do you mean when you say that? Sure. Sure. So it's like, I would take, um, for example, I would do the, like, this is for an example of what I would do for an email. I would like copy and paste, you know, a email, uh, let's say a marketing email into a word document and I would replace the words with oh, stuff that were, smart. yeah, with the stuff that were, um, you know, related to our product. And then I would kind of go from there. And of course I'd, I'd make it my own, but I would yeah, start yeah. from that as a template. 
That's smart. 100%. Yeah. Sorry, go. Yeah, another thing, another thing that I would do is that there's some really, like I've purchased courses on, yeah, I've purchased a bunch of different courses on all of this stuff, uh, including one about storytelling, um, which is, you know, one of my, it's, it's such a valuable asset. And, um, but one thing that I would do is I would, there's a, a whole genre of YouTubers that what they do is tell stories. So, you know, there's this one YouTuber in particular, his name is Super Eyepatch Wolf, or, you know, he would just, just speak these incredible stories. So then what I would do is I would actually transcribe what he said and I'd write, write it down and I'd start to see parallels in kind of like what he was doing. And mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I would just slowly just take one bit from there. Okay. And so it's really kind of a combination of just different influences and different sources of information. Cool. That's so, that's so gloriously nerdy. I just, I yeah. really <laughs> admire that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Um, so, okay, so this is something I wonder about, you know? So, like, you develop your course that you're selling. Do you ever feel like you're more pulled into the marketing than you are the actual um, music? And is that even a bad thing for you? Uh, that's a good question. And it's something that I, yes, to answer your question, uh, it's funny because I initially started this because of my passion of interest or, or my passion with music, but it's definitely pivoted more towards the marketing, towards the business development side. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that what's, I think it's a good thing because what happens is I feel like a lot of people when they're just starting, their identity is so tied up with their original craft. Like for me, I used to identify myself so heavily as a musician um, and it, it kind of narrowed the scope of kind of what I felt like I was capable of. But now that I've kind of gone beyond that, it's kind of, more of like a holistic personal development thing where I'm just like, okay, I'm much more yeah. than a musician. You know, I'm much more empowered, you know, like I'm not resigned to the fate of being a starving musician. Uh, my identity isn't wrapped up around this one specific box. So I think that it, it definitely feels like the next level and I feel more complete in a much whole, more holistic sense. And that's a whole different ball game, a whole different topic of conversation. But uh, to get, to answer your question, I feel like it's a good thing to kind of like move beyond just being, you know, whatever it was before. Beyond so, being a guy in a band. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so back to, back to just the course and stuff. So I, I, I got a question. Is it a monthly fee or is it like a whole, like you pay it and it's just like one flat fee? Yeah. So it's a, it's a one time, it's a, it's a flat fee, but you know, we okay. offer monthly payment options too. Okay. So then what ha Okay. So the person comes in, they're in your guys's universe. They're, they're getting helped and stuff like that. What happens then? Like, is there like some form of higher level that they can do like further coaching or is it just like, that's the end of the line? So, and right, that's it. so I know that some people offer like higher end coaching and that's definitely yeah. a possibility. Um, and so we may or may not be doing offering that in the, in the future, but right now that's, you know, we're just offering the one, uh, the one product. So what, so what happens after they get in the ecosystem? You just do your best to make sure that they're, that they're there and they're getting good results. And then if in the future you want to get them on something else and they're, they're wanting to do it, is that how it, the kind of the thought? So I, uh, so the thing is my philosophy is the best type of long-term marketing. So there, in my opinion, there's two types of marketing. There's like short-term yeah. marketing and there's long-term marketing. And totally. short-term marketing is about like, you know, how well you can design your funnel, price point testing, um, you know, optimizing an ad, you know, optimizing your, your, your click-through rates and, you know, the, the key performance indicators. But long-form marketing yeah. is real, or long-term marketing is really built, developing a relationship and building, 
you know, building that rapport with a client that then goes on to purchase other, other products and continues to champion your product and, yeah. and gives it, spreads it to other people. And the best way to do that is to create the best fucking product that gets people results. So um, at, our, at, our, at the core, you know, we care about the success of our students more than anything else. And then as an advice, advice to any, any marketer out there, um, you're going to get a lot of haters online. And the yep. best thing that you could do to shut people up is just have the results of your students speak for themselves. Well, okay. So do you, so you guys must get, a, you must get a ton of referrals from students. Then. Yeah, we get, we get a, we get a fair amount. Okay. So then, so then how do you deal with those haters then other than just, you know, going like, Hey, here's a winning student or whatever. Like, I mean, there's, there's gotta be a method that you use to deal with them. Sure. Well, um, so there's a couple different ways and there's a couple different approaches depending on how I feel, but I think one way that definitely, well, the first easiest thing is just don't look at the hate comments because <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. so that, that's, that's like level one. Um, yeah. but if you happen to do see it, then, um, there is this practice where, uh, I think it's in this book called the untethered soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's that book, the untethered soul. And it said that what you do is that if you see that and you kind of feel the pain that comes from that statement, um, mm -hmm. that, that negative comment, don't try and fight it. Don't try and like hold on to it and repress it. Just let it happen. Let the pain breathe in, let the pain just flow through you, take its course and leave and just release the pain. And I found that to be really therapeutic. Nice. 100%. And I think, I think that's a really valuable approach is just realizing, oh, okay, this is, this is what it is. And I have yeah. to deal with it on my own. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, there's a, you, you have to also like not personalize things too. And you have to realize yeah. on a logical level that, you know, it's a part of the process is, is dealing with a certain amount of hate, but you know, what they uh, a successful metric is that if you can convert 1% of your email list into clients, then you're being extremely successful. And so with yeah. that in mind, that kind of sets the, um, that sets context that gives you kind of wiggle room to be okay with knowing that, you know, 99% of people could say no and slam the door in my face. But as long as you get that 1% conversion, then that is, you know, you're doing, you're doing fine. When did you kind of realize that the guys that are doing the hating and, and mean comments and stuff aren't really your customers? Um, well, I think once we started seeing the students, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Um, it, one thing that really helps is that, you know, we have a testimonials page where it's just literally a wall of testimonials and, you know, it, whenever you're feeling down, just kind of go back and just, if, if you can compile a list of, you know, success stories and then just always refer to that when you're feeling down, that, that can do wonders for your mental health. How, how do you solicit those, by the way, the success stories? Um, so I think, uh, what I used to do, which didn't work was just ask people, um, ask success stories. But what I do now is that I set up, um, I set up uh, quote unquote spotlight calls in order to have conversations with them. So I book time with them and then I record the conversation with them, um, talking through their journey. So, uh, that's yielded a higher, um, you know, percentage or a higher, uh, level of testimonials. Good idea. That's really clever. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So You've built this amazing product. It's cool. It's, it's clearly working for you. Where are you planning to take it next? Like what's the next, uh, what's the next phase? Sure. 
So uh, our big why statement in terms of like, you know, our mission statement where we ultimately want to go with this is that we want to empower musicians to create a full-time living based off their music, similar to what you guys are doing. Um, and so this takes the form of, uh, you know, of course it takes the form of building these music skills, but eventually, you know, we want to move into like, you know, how to create a full-time living uh, through YouTube as a musician, how to um, utilize digital streaming in order to make a living, all of that mm -hmm. stuff. So that's kind of our master plan. And um, right now we're just building the music side, the music skills before we get into that territory. Absolutely. No, I know it's really nifty just because there's so many angles to it. Where do you see yourself fitting in next to someone like URM Academy or um, Riff Hard? Um, so I think that, uh, I, I think part of the thing is that there's a difference between people and let's, let's see, I, I'm trying to figure out how I, <laughs> how I answer this question. Um, so I think for starters, I think we want to teach things in a way that has made sense to us because sometimes, sure. you know, you get to, you know, you take a class and it works for some people, but it doesn't exactly click in the way that makes sense to you. Um, so I think that we want our main goal isn't to, isn't to like teach super advanced stuff, but it's just to empower people and really get them. It doesn't have to be like the best people in the world, but they just, I just want to get people to that next level. And oftentimes when you empower people and oftentimes that involves breaking things down to a really, really small degree and not assuming sure. that they understand all these like, you know, big words and jargon. Um, it really can do that work and get getting them to the next level. How do you, how do you, how did you figure that out? Because one problem that I know a lot of us have a lot of the times is like, we kind of assume that everyone else kind of understands the same level that we do. Like when you, when you have a knowledge of something. So how did, how did you make it so that way you could break it down to where like, and I guess where, you know, where someone who doesn't know anything about it could understand it, if that makes sense. Sure. So the biggest way that you could do that is by getting on the ground floor and teaching. I feel like a big mistake that a lot of people make when they're especially making an online course is that they just make an online course and just ship it. And they're just like, all right, let's just see what happens. But really, yeah. you got to do the groundwork. You got to go down there and you got to teach people one-on-one -on -one and really see what they're struggling with. Because oftentimes that's different than what you think they'll be struggling with. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, and and yeah, that, yeah, let's just stick with that. Cause that's, <laughs> that, that encompasses what else I would say for it. So yeah, let's just stick with that. Cool. Have, have you ever had anybody complain that you you guys go too simplistic or is it generally like most people are like, yeah, I love it. Cause it's easy. Um, it's mostly the latter. Yeah. Yeah. The latter. And, and the thing is like, it's really about the transformation. It's not necessarily like when people buy a weight loss product, you know, they're not really buying the number of DVDs that, the product comes with or the number of downloadable like you know pdfs that come with the package what they're buying mm -hmm. is they they want 10 pounds gone you know they don't yeah. give a fuck you know how it goes how what it takes to get there that's what they're buying so yeah. if you could give that them give them the transformation in a much shorter time you know you could argue that that's a much bigger value what's your what's your key time frame that you try to get that transformation um, so it's really hard because everybody's very different because like, you know, everybody has bad, different bad habits, you know, going into it. And, and there's also the fact of like, you know, how 
uh, how intensely are they practicing? Are they practicing consistently? Are they practicing smart? Are they recording themselves? There's a bunch of different factors, but I try to get them to create the transformation in under three months. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable time frame. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't get you in too much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's just really it's just really fascinating because there's just a lot of ways you get into this. And so like in terms of setting up your funnel, how did you initially do that? Was that with ClickFunnels or was something else? Uh that was with ClickFunnels. It, pretty much our okay. our entire funnels is ClickFunnels. We might move to Kajabi for the actual like, you know, uh fulfillment of the course later on, but right now we're just you know, scrappy and we're just, you know, focusing on the content more so than the technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, well, you know, and, it, and it's, I think there's a few interesting softwares out there. So that's why I always like to ask because, you know, just for my own stuff, I'm curious. Um, yeah. And so then, okay. So, you know, we, we talked earlier about haters, right? why do you think, especially for a product like yours that is relatively innocuous, um, why do you think it generates so much hate? That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, there's a combination of things. I think that, um, I think there is, there's a, uh, there's a couple different camps of haters. I think that one of those camps is people with a survivorship bias. And so what I mean by that is that they've achieved their scream, but they've done it without help of anybody else. And then, but what survivorship bias is, is that if somebody succeeded, they see the things that it took them to get there, but that advice for them, that method of thinking might not work for other people. So um, because these people who've achieved their transformation have succeeded without other, you know, the help of, of this other person, it's very easy for them to discredit uh, somebody supplying, you know, an alternative way of learning. So there's, there's that. So then there's also the people that's that really get, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, so, so take it, take for example, Gary Vee, he, his ethos is hustle, 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 hustle. But I'm willing to bet you that there's a lot of people who hustled their ass off who still didn't get the results that Gary Vee had. And that's a, mm -hmm. an example of survivorship bias. Um, so I think the other camp of people, and I'm sure that there's many sub camps, but another camp of people is people that, they, um, they're disenchanted with the marketing. They kind of expect everything for free. And even despite the fact that we give them a free crash course, they're still, they, they're just kind of spoiled in a way, you know, they kind of think, well, you know, why can't I get all this other information for free? You know, why are you hiding it behind a paywall? Well, you know, to those people, it's really, the data shows that when people pay for something, then they actually get more results for, from it. So 100%. believe it or <laughs> believe it or not, uh, you know, those people are kind of cheating themselves out of it because those people who do purchase, then those are the ones who typically invest much more and they put in the grunt work and they actually end up getting results. So uh, those are two camps that camps of people that come kind of fall into mind. Well, it's like that, that Russell Brunson thing where he's like, I fucking let all my friends come to my things for free and none of them ever do anything. But then yeah. like a bunch of randoms become millionaires. I don't exactly. fucking know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. and like i i don't know like curtis and i have definitely found that in our own courses yeah. um as we kind of head towards the end because we're cheap and on the free zoom um what sort of final things do you want to push and do you want to do you want to address before we wrap this up 
Uh, do I want to push? Um, I guess, uh, I guess if you've ever wanted to learn how to scream and if you're, you know, disenchanted with, you know, the process of learning how to scream, if you tried vocal coaches that they mainly focus on, you know, like warmups and they, if they mainly focus on, uh, you know, explaining things from an anatomical way that doesn't really click, then consider enrolling in our free crash course where we explain to you, uh, multiple, where, you know, we'll explain to you why, um, scream, how scream sounds are made. And, uh, you know, that might click for you. And then if that still doesn't click for you and you enroll in our, you know, A to Z screaming actual course, then we have like so many different approaches that, you know, guaranteed one of those approaches will work for you. And you have like, you know, a one-on-one -on -one with me that comes with it. So I'll be able to diagnose nice. your problems and help you, uh, unlock your scream. So yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's my plug. really, really cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. <laughs>